Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin. And today we have another first on the program. Last week, we had our first podcaster. And today, we welcome our first poet. Aliana Khan Michaels is a poet, musician, and artist. Her new poetry collection, In Defense of Science, which Aliana describes as a poetic journey through her life, will be available for pre-sale shortly. Welcome to Uncorking a Story, Aliana. Thank you so much for having me. So, Aliana, tell me, where does your story begin? It's a great question. Uh, my story begins back in 2019, right before the pandemic. Um, I'd been writing poetry, honestly, my entire adult life, just as a way to deal with my own emotions, um, as a way to take a third party look at my own life. Um, and it begins with me graduating college. Uh, I went to GW, studied political science, health policy, and starting my first job. And also um, meeting this man who had then become you know, my first my first true love. And it was a very exciting time, definitely a very tumultuous time, uh, you know, starting to learn about myself outside of college. Who was I? What did I want to do? And what did I want to wake up in the morning every single day and, you know, put my time and energy into? Uh, I'm a really strong believer that the most precious things that you can give someone, the best gifts are your time and energy. Um, and even today, that's, that's really what I'm looking, looking to figure out. Um, and my story back in 2019 <laughs> was me really, really starting to figure out what the correct questions were that I should be asking. Um, and so, you know, fell into this relationship, uh, fell into the jobs that I was doing and then boom, the pandemic happens. Um, and I was living in DC at the time and actually two weeks before the pandemic started. So right now we're in February, 2020. Um, I moved from DC to Connecticut um, for a new job and then the world shut down. And so I moved in with my partner at the time and, you know, the, the kind of conversations that people were starting to have, you know, globally about collectivism versus individualism, um, about what it means to do good for humanity and what it means at a microcosmic level to really be making individual choices and decisions. I was having those conversations, you know, within the home every single day and having those tough value differences um, that then, you know, led to the relationship ending. Um, and it was definitely a very, very difficult time and decision for both of us, but for where I am now and 
for who I am now and who I'm going to be, I could not be more grateful for what has happened and especially for the art that has come out of it. Um, you know that you know how people say that you know pain pain does create the most beautiful poetry. Um, and I've talked to a lot of different poets about that. And I think that when you experience, you know, the full spectrum of human emotion and you're really able to understand the depths of the highs and the lows, while they can be exhilarating and thrilling, it's also, it's also very painful to be able to, to go through that. And as a result, I noticed that my poetry really told this cohesive story about the pandemic through my eyes, through the eyes of a, you know, a young woman going through all of this and really being, you know, thrown, thrown for a loop. Um, and my goal with this book is to hopefully people will, you know, will resonate with one poem or with a series of them. Um, because I think that a lot of these conversations and questions that I had and a lot of the pain that I had and still have today is, is relatable because this pandemic has really been, it's really been, you know, life-changing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anyone whose life is the same today as it was in March, 2020. Yeah. Um, and for better or for worse, I think that, you know, we're changed forever. I want to, I want to come back to sort of the motivation behind this collection, yeah. but, but I want to dig into a little bit. Um, when did you know that you had a knack for poetry? Like when did, when did you first recognize that? What were the signs and, and who kind of encouraged you along the way, if anybody? That's a great question. Um, I, like I said, I've been writing poetry for a very long time, but just for myself, you know, I, I've always been one to keep journals and um, really, really into, you know, documenting my own life for, for my own personal self-development. Um, but I think it was in November and December of 2020 when I started to share my poetry with my family and with my friends, when I was really, um, you know, sitting with the pain of, of that breakup um, and sitting with the pain of, of other traumatic things that have unfortunately happened. And I remember I was sitting at the dinner table in my parents' home with my mom. Um, and I was, I was writing, just typing on my computer and I shared with her what I was writing. And she said, you know, this is really good. This is really good. And I'm not one to seek external validation from others, but once I realized that, wow, maybe I actually am a writer <laughs> without even realizing it. And then I started, you know, just texting my poems to my friends and people were really resonating with this. Um, and so then in December of 2020, I started my poetry blog that's called poemwithfeet.com, um, which has, you know, it's, it's, it's a vast poetry repository of a lot of my work, even the work that's outside of this book. And it's not in any particular order, but once I started sharing that and sharing on my Instagram, people really were telling me that they felt something when reading my work. And, you know, my part of what I think my purpose is on, on this planet is to help heal people on the physical plane. And I really think that art is medicine and art is healing. And so once I started to see that poetry could be a tool for this healing, was when I really thought, you know, this is, this is part of what I want to put out into the world. Talk to me about the, the vulnerability you may have felt when you're showing some of your poetry to, I mean, you mentioned kind of your mom and your mom encouraged you, but 
you know, moms are moms are funny. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, you know, they, they're it's some in many cases, not all in many cases, they're kind of our biggest fans. But what about, you know, people who are you're not related to? Like, talk to me about the vulnerability that you felt or that's even required for, you know, to do something like that. It, it definitely takes a lot to want to share that. And I feel very lucky that, you know, I, I I'm the kind of person who wears her heart on her sleeve. I, I've definitely always been very open with my emotions, with myself, um, with people that I trust. And in my writing, I definitely fine tune it to a point before I publish it where, you know, I, I, I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm putting out into the world. And it, it definitely takes a lot of vulnerability, but it's not something that scares me because one of my, one of my best mentors I've ever had, this woman, Regina, she taught me to do it scared or don't do it at all. And that's something that I use almost every single day. Um, and I remember right as I was actually about to publish um, and, and put up poemwithfeet.com, that feeling of, wow, I really am about to share basically, you know, my journal with the world, anyone can access it. And instead of being scared about that, I was more excited by it because it felt like the, the beginning of something big. And, you know, that, a year later now in December, 2021 is a great, a great, you know, flashback of, yes, you put this into the world and yes, it was worth it. And it will continue to be worth it because this is not the last time I'll be publishing my work as a book. I have actually a lot, (laughs) a lot of poems about this last year that will definitely be in book number two. But I think, I think that vulnerability is our greatest, our greatest superpower, honestly. Yeah. It's the only thing that stops people from sharing things that are beautiful and sharing their love and compassion with others, because sometimes vulnerability can be, can be abused. Yeah. When, um, you know, you kind of mentioned kind of moving in um, with, with this man kind of during the uh, yeah. pandemic, was that planned or was it just sort of out of uh you know, out of, uh, hey, we're in a pandemic now. So, you know, it's, it's either we see each other by living together or, or not at all. Like what, what was the impetus for that? Yeah, so I, I moved back to Connecticut and my family's from Connecticut. And I, my, the job that I was moving for, um, you know, the, I was definitely moving for a couple of things, <laughs> right? I was moving for the job. I was moving for this man and to be closer to my family because my family really is one of the most important parts of my life. We're very, very close. Um, and because I knew that New York and Connecticut, that was, you know, this is home. This is where I want to live long-term. And, and when we moved in together, it was more of like a 95% <laughs> move in. I was there all the time. And that was part of the problem too. It was because we, you know, we had different views as to how we should handle the pandemic. And because we were only seeing my family, his family, and the two of us, those, you know, the conversations really became the impetus of, of every single fight, uh, of every single, you know, and, and I actually have a poem called the perpetual fight in my, in, in the collection. And I think that it tells, it, it tells it pretty succinctly, you know, what we were going through, but, you know, move the moving in together was definitely pandemic induced. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was the case for a lot of people and overall, what I've seen, not just with myself, but with my friends, family, the pandemic was make it or break it for almost every single relationship I know, even marriages, right? Because it really exposed, you know, the raw, 
unfiltered, vulnerable values that we have, you know, when you're just spending time with one or two or three people every single day, day in, day out, and the world is crumbling around you, there is no hiding. There's no hiding who you truly are. And I think that that's a good thing though, honestly, because I think that something that I've really seen, especially within my friends, you know, you know, I'm 24 years old, a couple of years out of college. And I think that this is a really important time in someone's life or so I've been told by everyone who is older than me. And, <laughs> and um, it's a very important time of, you know, learning who you are and when you are forced to sit with yourself and sit with your thoughts and emotions and do that with someone else. If those values don't align, then why would you be with them? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say it's, um, it's one of those things where we're challenging times, like the times that we're in, and certainly we were in um, probably even more so because we were in lockdown, right? In, in yeah. earlier parts of 2020, um, they, they don't make us who we are. They kind of reveal who we are. Yes. Um, and, you know, and you're right. I mean, value systems when, you know, and, and it's, it's not often that you talk to, especially when you're kind of in a new relationship with somebody. And look, I'm, I'm 47 years old. You're, you're much younger than me. Um, but, you know, you don't really, there's not really that many opportunities to have conversations like that, that they're going to really reveal who you are, right. um, you know, because, you know, you kind of in a honeymoon phase and, and, you know, you're, you're dating and it's fun and it's new and you're having all these great new experiences. But then when, when, when the big challenges, the big curveballs I call them get thrown at you, it's like, that's, that's the, those, those, those are the, uh, the points of revelation, uh, if you will. Right. Um, and, and you're saying, you know, it, 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 I understand it's, it's almost a blessing to, to have that because I mean, what, what, if, if you didn't have this, you know, um, this big curveball thrown at you, do you think you'd, you'd still be in a relationship with this person? And yeah, and, yeah, probably. And, and then when would you learn, right? When, when, when would you learn that it wasn't a good fit? Somewhere far down, far, much farther along the road. And also, I feel so blessed that, you know, these things have happened because I wouldn't be living in New York now. I wouldn't have met so many of the incredible people in New York that I've met. I've, I've made a few really, really great new friends. I'm um, thinking of my friend Lauren, who I met randomly um, at a party in Brooklyn and is, is one of my favorite people that I've ever known. Um, and she'll smile when she, when she listens to this podcast. Um, you know, I've met so many incredible artists by sharing my poetry and, you know, this, I'm a really big believer that, you know, the universe will bend around every single decision that you make. And while maybe we don't have free will and maybe, and, 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 you know, maybe we do get to script everything that we do down here on earth. I think that this decision that, you know, I actually didn't make my, my ex-partner he made for for us i'm very grateful and it's hard to say that sometimes but in the same in the same light you know i'm a poet now because of that pain it really showed me that you know i can write and i should be writing and this is what i want to do and it's you know it's about creating the reality that you want to live in and i think that i've been taught a lot of really important lessons in a very short amount of time and i just i just feel surrounded with with gratitude for it. Yeah. Um, so tell, tell me and, and paint a picture how you were yeah. feeling in the pandemic. So like, cause I think, you know, this is, this kind of fuels your writing. 
Yeah. So what, what was, you know, what were some of those feelings that you were you know, not, not kind of t- in today's sort of rearview mirror type thinking, but more, um, you know, what, what, what were you going through? Yeah. What, what was the reality you were facing at the time? For sure. You know, I, you know, in my family was living, I was living with an immunocompromised brother and two older parents and my younger sister, um, and was very much in this state of fear. We were very much in this state of fear. And I think that that state of fear is what people across the world have been feeling, you know, collectively. And when you're in a state of fear, you're not able to make the kind of decisions that you sometimes would like to, you know, you act out of fight or flight response. And so I think that myself and everyone around me, including my partner, including, you know, my friends and family, everyone who I was talking to at the time, we were all living in this state of fear and bringing it to, you know, to today, even, I think that that state of fear, unfortunately, is coming back because of this new variant. And in that state of fear, you know, it wasn't just, oh, no, I'm afraid that I'm going to get sick. It's, oh, no, Um, are we going to die? Are my loved ones going to be okay? And I was trying to make the best decisions that I could for myself and my family at the time. And that's what induced, that's what induced the fights and the pain and really being in that fight or flight. And, and, you know, it's actually even unhealthier for our immune systems to be in that, in that fight or flight response. And I just can't even imagine what it must've been like for people, you know, people all over the world. I feel very, very blessed that I was able to, you know, be in a home with running water and heat and good food and, you know, vitamins, any medicine that I could have. And I'm very, I'm very aware how, how fortunate I am and how privileged that is and how so many people around the world were not able to have that. And so, you know, day in, day out sitting with that. And also I was starting a new job remotely that was very difficult too. And I felt really lucky that, you know, one, I still had a job, right. I still had income. And even though I actually had, I not had a job at the time and had I not had income, it would have been fine because I wasn't paying rent. You know, I, I, I was, I was taken care of, which again, I feel very fortunate to have had that experience. Um, That was difficult too, because here I am trying to perform day in, day out, um, trying to learn, and, you know, outside the world's on fire <laughs> um, and inside the home, I'm having these, you know, these very tumultuous conversations about, and it really comes down to the theme of collectivism versus individualism. You know, is it more important to protect yourself or is it more important to protect even those outside of the home who you don't know? And my side of it always came back to standing up for the collective, mm-hmm. standing up for you know, making sure that everyone around you is safe and healthy and happy. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not on the same page with an issue like that, then I could absolutely see where, you know, uh, tensions, um, tensions built and, uh, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I will say out of those tensions came my writing and came my self-discovery about who I am and what I want and what I need not just in a relationship, but in life. And in the book, something that you'll notice as you read it is that there are these key turning points where I start writing about other people. You know, I'll have poems about 
especially my siblings, my brother and sister, Ben and Katie. Um, they're my two favorite people in the entire world. I think that they're extremely talented, you know, insanely intelligent, very gifted people. Um, and I really, really made sure that I, I wanted my poems about them to be in this book too. So you know, I hope, I hope my siblings talk about me the way you talk about <laughs> I hope my siblings talk about me the way I talk about them. I know, I know they do. They're, they're very, they're very proud of me. Um, as I am them. And, you know, my brother during the pandemic, um, he really turned, you know, when we talk about, you know, pain into pain into art, my brother is a talented musician and he became TikTok famous over quarantine. He'll hate that I'm talking about this, but I, I think it's hilarious and I'm so proud of him and was really able to tap into a niche market of, you know, creating these little jingles. Um, and my sister is a very, very talented artist, um, both graphic designer and painter. And so within the home, you know, I, even though I was living with my partner at the time, I was sometimes going back to my house, which was very close. And that was part of the problem was the going back and forth. And, you know, is everyone going to be safe and healthy? That was what stemmed from all of this. But, um, you know, everyone, you know, my, my, everyone in my house was creating and I felt really inspired by that. And I didn't even realize that my poetry was part of that creation until I was able to take a step back and be in a more healed space and say, look at this story, look at what you've been through, look at what other people have been through. This is really important. People need to, need to have this. Yeah. So what are you hoping people take away from, from your collection? You know, do you have any any kind of hopes and, and dreams for uh, how you want other people to feel or what you want them to, to walk away with after having uh, read your poems? When someone reads my poems and, and let me, I want to tell a quick story because this actually did just happen. I'm working on a project with a few very talented artists to turn my work into, um, into a surrealist art, turning the, each poem into a surrealist art. And we're hopefully going to be you know, creating NFTs out of this within the crypto space. And these two guys that I'm working with on this, they hadn't, they hadn't read the book at all, even before they agreed to do this project with me, which I thought was pretty cool, number one. <laughs> um, and so last week we sat down in a bar and for four hours, we went through every single one of the poems and some of the lines, when they really resonated with them, they would say, yeah, yes, wow. And it's a very, it was a very guttural, and I, I, I definitely like to think about things in terms of, you know, chakras and, and energy connections. It was a very like sacral root chakra response of, yes, I feel this. Yes, this makes sense to me. And if my poetry can make you feel something in any way, then I think that's a job well done. I hope to connect energetically with people and then, and, and and on a, you know, a reality level, <laughs> I hope to connect, you know, story-wise, I think that, and I think, and I know that I'm not alone in this experience, especially the tumultuous conversations about, about the pandemic. They really did break up a lot of relationships and it's a very painful thing when something that is not in your control is, the, is you know, what ends your relationship, something that no one saw coming. I mean, maybe, maybe there's some people who predicted the pandemic. I don't know, but I did not see my relationship, you know, switching into this negativity that I had no way to control. Yeah. And so I think, I think that people, 
who've gone through this will really resonate story-wise, but energetically, um, I hope that, I hope that you feel something when you read it and that in some, in some way it can help heal you the way that me writing it and sharing it with the world has helped. Yeah. But it's, it's, it seems like, I mean, for, for as negative as, as that road was at the time, it seems like the, the silver lining there is, Hey, you know, I, you know, you're not going to wake up in, in 20 or 30 years next to somebody that you realize, you know, you're just not on the same page with. Right. And, and, and whoever I do end up, you know, marrying whoever my, my future partner is, you know, I feel really lucky that this road has led me to them. And this road has led me to sharing my art, starting to share my art with the world. You know, this is, I'm just getting started. This is, this is, this is just the, the first steps towards what I want to do. And I really, really do believe that art is medicine. And this was a way of me in a healthy way, self-medicating and self-medicating can be seen as a very negative thing. Um, You know, when you think of self-medicating, you think of drinking or smoking or what have you. Right. But I really do believe that art is healing. Um, I feel really fortunate that I was taught that from an early age, you know, I grew up dancing and singing and, um, my whole family is artists. My mom was a professional dancer. Um, and you know, it's just, it's been a part of my life for so long. And I think, especially when I was in college and living in DC, I was very much into politics and, you know, worked on the Hill for a bit, um, and, and was very much ingrained in that health policy, um, track. Of wanting of wanting to do politics, and the interesting thing is, I could, I I don't think I want to do that at all anymore. I really want to focus on on my art and on this trajectory. Um, and I feel very fortunate that the pandemic gave me this time, gave me this energy and agency to be able to find that and to continue finding that. And I'm so excited to see where it will take me. Yeah. Um, and even though it's not exactly what I thought, you know, three years ago I would be doing now. Uh, I couldn't be more excited for the future. So, so do you think you need like another pandemic in a couple of years <laughs> just to just to pressure test a relationship and and sort oh, of feel for your for your art? Um, no, no. I think I think I'd like to have you know joyful times, <laughs> joyful times, um, beautiful times here on out. But I'm you know I think I think that that the pressure test pressure tester as you're calling it. Um, it really is the catalyst for all of this. It was the catalyst for me. And I, I don't think that I'm alone in that. And even, even when, if you take a look at history, you know, a lot of the, the greatest artists have created beautiful work out of their pain. Yeah. And I don't think that you need to be in pain to create art. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is like the depths of human emotion really push us to our limits. And sometimes that can be the greatest gift that you give yourself and the world is what can you create out of what you've gone through? Yeah. Uh, One of my best friends, Kieran, she taught me long ago that it's not about what you've gone through. It's about what you do with it. And, you know, you can be, you can, you can have gone through the worst of the worst, but if you wake up every day and say, okay, how am I going to embrace that? How am I going to move forward and create a reality that I want to exist in? Then I think you've won. Yeah. 
Um, I know we talked about superpowers before, uh, mm-hmm. and you mentioned, you know, one of your superpowers may be vulnerability, but if you could snap your fingers and, and have access to any superpower, Eliana, mm. what would it be? What would you, what would you want your superpower to be? That's a really good question. I think that I'd like the ability to physically heal people because, you know, ailments and, and health are really the greatest, the greatest currency that we have. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. That's actually something I've said a lot um, in my career, working in healthcare policy, working in healthcare strategy. Yeah, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And in a pandemic, that's even more, even, even more, you know, showcased. So I would love to be able to physically heal people. Um, I'm fascinated by that answer because, you know, we live in a world where sort of Marvel, <laughs> Marvel kind of <laughs> dominates cinema. Right? Love Marvel though. My, my, uh, two of my kids went to go see Spider-Man the other night. And, uh, oh yes, I, I've been meaning to see that. I think my brother tried to go the other night, but wasn't able to go for some reason. Yeah. But, you know, so you, so you could have answered, um, you know, I'd love to be able to, to fly or <laughs> superhuman strength or yeah. I always found, you know, people who wanted to turn invisible kind of creepy, but um, <laughs> you chose, you chose, you know, to be able to heal people. Where, where does it come from? Where does this desire come from? Um, and, and you mentioned kind of being kind of studying healthcare before and be very interested in healthcare policy. Where do you think that comes from inside you? I think it just comes from who I am and what my soul's purpose is. You know, I, I was asked by a spiritual mentor of mine, this woman, Rena recently, like, what do you think you're here to do? What, what do you think you're here to do? And I just kept hearing, I'm here to heal people in a physical, in the physical realm. And whatever that means to me through art, through therapy through, you know, I want to get Reiki certified next year. It's kind of seeing where it takes me. I really do believe in my heart of hearts that that's part of why I'm here. And I feel so fortunate that I'm starting to be able to share that with people. Um, And, you know, I think that, I think that my friends will attest to the fact that, you know, I've, I've also been able to heal myself in so many ways, you know, getting up every day and creating this you know, creating the reality you want. I, I know that I've said that a few times right now, but that's really what in my current life I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know, what do you want to wake up every single day and spend your time on? That is, that is the golden question. And I also think that the pandemic showed that you don't necessarily have to take a classic path. You know, I did, I did go to college and I do have that degree and and I'm glad that I did that because especially because of the people that I met, but you really don't need to be, you know, in investing and involved in these classical institutions anymore to make huge impacts on the world. Um, and so I don't know what's next. I know that I'll continue writing. <laughs> I know that I'll, I know that I'll continue sharing my voice with people and authentically showing up to every single conversation, but just really trusting my gut intuition about people about situations, about opportunities. You know, when you and I connected, my, 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 you know, gut instinct was, yes, of course, I want to have this conversation with you and be on your podcast and really trusting that intuition, flexing that muscle and making sure that you're in line with who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. That's all, that's all we can expect from ourselves. So this uh, collection is coming out shortly. What's yes. um, yeah. what's what's coming up after that? Uh, do you have a plan for for what you're gonna write next, or what you're gonna put out into the world artistically? 
I do. I do. So the book in defense of science is coming out soon. Um, in parallel with that will be the collection of surrealist art that depicts the, you know, this poetry. Um, right now we're deliberating if we're going to be doing a, you know, a piece for every single poem, or if we're going to be just highlighting some of the most important poems I'm going, I'm leaning towards highlighting the most important poems and creating the art out of that. Um, I'm particularly excited about that project. And then, like I said, I've been writing a lot about, you know, my, my current life and what's been going on now. I haven't been fine tuning that yet because I've been working on, you know, solidifying in defense of science and this art project as well, but there will definitely be another book that will come out um, about what's going on now. So, you know, my move to New York, my friends here, my life here, becoming an artist, being surrounded by artists, um, you know, starting to date again in New York and, you know, the trials and tribulations of that. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the experiences that I've had, um, both positive and, and negative. And I think, you know, yet again, turning, turning that pain into poetry um, is something that will be showcased. And I'm also, you know, looking towards making my own kind of contribution to the world um, in the tech world and really, you know, really focusing on how can we um, in a large, in, in, in a large way, help people in a mainstream way through art. That's really what I'm focusing on. So I, I have to ask because I haven't dated in, in 30 years, um, nor had I, I had the opportunity to date <laughs> during a pandemic, but what's yeah. it like dating in New York city during oh a pandemic gosh. right now? How would you care? It, it is interesting. It is definitely interesting. Um, I think with the, with the current variant, it's definitely a different discussion, but, you know, as things got better, as, you know, as everyone's been vaccinated, something that I felt um, was, has been really good was that to go into any, any indoor space in New York, you have to be vaccinated. And so that definitely made me feel safer going out and meeting people. Um, and I've met people through friends. I've met people through online dating. And I've definitely, um, I definitely learned a lot more about dating because, you know, right out of college, I was in that relationship and I realized I'd never like truly been single for an extended period of time. And so interestingly, um, a lot of the classical and excuse my language, but a lot of the classical fuckboy things have happened to me. <laughs> but you have to do it. So I'm 47. What's a fuckboy? <laughs> um, that's someone who doesn't respect women. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. And there's a lot of them, there's a lot of them out there. Um, but you know, through these, through these experiences, I've really learned a lot more about myself and what I deserve and what I want, um, and how I, you know, won't and shouldn't expect or put up with anything less. And I think that my friends, my friends have also been learning this too. Um, I feel really lucky to be surrounded by, you know, really amazing, talented, really cool women. Um, my friends in New York, um, I, I love them so, so much. And they've made a really big impact on my life, you know, especially, you know, I moved to New York in January, 2021. So the pandemic still was kind of roaring um, yeah. and we weren't vaccinated yet. So um, was I've been working from home throughout, throughout this as well. So it's a bit isolating at times. Um, and really, you know, connecting with people and sharing what you've been through and having new cool experiences and finding, you know, finding new things to do in New York has been really exciting. Um, 
and that and combined with dating, it's definitely hectic. <laughs> it's definitely hectic, but, but worth it. Yeah. So I always like to sort of finish our, my conversations, yeah. um, with, uh, with three big questions. Um, and I kind of pick these at random. So, um, you know, I've got, I've got a pool of them that I choose from. Um, but the first one I'm going to ask you is what's a belief that you hold, uh, with which many people might disagree. Mm. That's a very good question. I feel like I need a second to think about it. A belief that I hold with which many different people might disagree. Hmm. I could play the Jeopardy music. Ooh, actually, I, I have an answer to that. Um, a spiritual guru named Muji, um, when asked, you know, what is a soul and who are we? He says that we are the space between our breaths. We are that emptiness. We are that nothingness. And I 110% agree. You know, when you take a deep breath, and, and I even want to do this to like kind of emphasize it. It's like when you take that deep breath in and out, we are that space. Um, I think a lot of people might disagree with that because a lot of people think, you know, we're here, we're alive, and then we die. There's nothingness. And you know, I, I don't dispute that, but I personally think that, you know, we, we continue on and we are that space between our breaths. The space between also a fantastic Dave Matthews band song. Mm, I didn't even know. Oh, there you go. Now you're going to have to, your homework is to listen to that song. I will. I will. Uh, Dave Matthews band. Dave Matthews band. But his, okay. his, the line is the space between the tears we cry is where mm. you find myself waiting for you. I think don't quote me exactly on that. Oh, all right. So, so good job with that first one. Second one <laughs> could be easier. could be more difficult. That's for okay. you to decide. Second one is what can you do today that you were not capable of a year ago? Great question. Um, and I think it actually goes back to something that I said earlier. I think that I show up to every single conversation interaction um, with my authentic voice. I hold nothing back. Um, and I really, really encourage others to do the same. All right. The uh, uh, third one, third one, because I might throw a bonus question in here. Sure. Um, what would you do differently if you knew nobody would judge you? Mm. Honestly, nothing. I'm the kind of person who will, you know, put on music in my headphones and dance down the street in New York. Like I, I really hold nothing back. Um, and while, you know, while a healing process can be long and arduous, I do think that because like my previous answer, I am showing up authentically and really just being me and, and, you know, taking, taking no shit from anyone. I, I don't think that I would do anything differently. And I feel really grateful that I can say that. Well, to be fair, you said dancing down the street in New York and you did grow up as a dancer. So no, that's true. That's true. It you is. It is. Got some, you already got some skills to pay the bills in that. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to give you a bonus question here. And this yeah. would be, um, you know, imagine yourself at a younger age. You said you're, mm -hmm. you're 24 now. Imagine yourself at a, at a much younger age. What, what would you whisper into, if you could write a letter to that younger person, right? Uh, this is the old letter to me exercise. Thank you, Brad Paisley. Um, but if you could write a letter to your younger self, reassuring her, giving her some advice, what would you tell your younger self based on what you know now? I would tell her a few things. 
first of all, I would tell her that she can get through anything. Like any, anything that life throws at her, she will get through it. And she'll get through it with grace and with strength because she has a, a sliver of steel inside of her. You know, I, you know, I think, you know, when people meet me, they definitely think that I'm a, a very sweet person and wouldn't know what I've gone through. And, and, you know, I'm not here to, to talk about, you know, the traumatic things that have necessarily happened, but I'm able to get through anything. And I think that little girl would just want to be held and told you can do this. And not just you can do this, but you have to do this. You have to be able to get through these things because otherwise you'll crack. Yeah. It sounds like there was a period of time though, where you didn't necessarily believe that. Definitely. I think that if you talked to me a year ago, a year ago, I would not have been able to say this with as much fortitude. Um, but I think that there's been a lot of, a lot of focus on growth and healing and that focus on growth and healing has really shown me that I can do anything that I put my mind to and I can get through anything. So, you know, sometimes, uh, little kids talk back to us, right? So if, <laughs> if that little child that you were talking to and said, Hey, you can get through it, um, kind of turn around and said, well, prove it. How, how do you know? Like, how am I supposed to know that I'm going to get through it? Um, what wow. would you tell her? I would tell her that you are the only person that you need and that you have to trust yourself and that it's hard work healing, but it's worth it to be on the other end. It's worth it to, you know, have, have such love and support around you. And that in every situation that I've ever been in, I've always been helped by people. And interestingly, it's all, it's, it's really been women, other women who have helped me, women in trios too. People really want to help me heal. And even when, you know, I, I, another thing that I wish that I could tell myself, my younger self is that, you know, even when you feel alone and like, you can't, nothing's going to get you through the day, nothing's going to get you through this. You know, there's other, there's always a brighter, sunnier day ahead. And, you know, I'm, I have a window right here looking out at New York and it's really nice and sunny out today. And today is a good example of a brighter, sunnier day ahead that I'm very glad to be here to be experiencing. Um, and even if there are, you know, are dark things that happen to me in the future, I know that my older self can look at me now at 24 and say, no, you will get through it because you can, because you have to, because you will. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you talk about the role that, you know, um, you know, women have played in your life. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to expand any more on the role fuckboys have played in your life? I mean <laughs> I, I'd be happy to expand on both. Um, I think that the men that I've dated have taught me a lot about what it means to respect someone. And I actually struggle with the concept of, res of respect because what does it really mean at the end of the day? Number one, it's just a word. Number two, respect can be an action, but it also can just be an aura of, of understanding. And, um, you know, I think, I think that that is definitely something that is really big for me is respecting time, energy, and just who I am as a person. Um, I think that in past relationships, I 
was not a fully formed version of myself. I was not the woman I am today. And that probably led to a lot of the problems that I experienced, that we experienced. And, you know, especially in New York, you know, like I said, I've, I've, I've had the whole fuck boy experience, um, been cheated on, you know, played, whatever, <laughs> what have you. And, and in some senses, I'm just kind of over it. But in other senses, I'm excited to, you know, as this version of myself um, and really starting to understand who I am and what I want, I'm excited to move forward and to continue to meet people who, you know, match my energy, match, my, you know, live in this high frequency. And that's not where any, any fuck boy would, <laughs> would even try to, would even try to mess with me. Um, and going, going back to the woman who helped me and supported me. Um, I feel really fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of, a lot of healers, um, both energy wise, um, therapy wise. And, and I really do believe that relying on your community is very important. Um, and also right now I, I definitely have, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish. It's very important part of my identity. I've three Jewish women who are, <laughs> you know, I feel like there are a lot of stories that are like three Jewish men walk, you know, <laughs> but these three Jewish women that I'm thinking of are really important to me and are really helping me and care about me. And, you know, sometimes when, when you're in that position of, you know, needing, needing help and receiving help, it can be hard to accept it. But now that I have accepted it, I feel just so grateful to be able to you know, share my experiences and my life and learn from, um, you know, these older women who have been through it and want to help me. And it's just, it's really, it's a really important part of the journey, in my opinion. And I really look forward to looking back on, you know, maybe in 10, 20 years, I'll listen to this podcast again and, and, you know, think about what would I say to her? when I'm an older Jewish woman who, yeah. who is in a position to hopefully be helping younger, younger women. Um, and I really hope that I'm able to say that I can help people too. That's, this also goes back to one of your other questions. Like, what do I hope people get from my poetry? I just want to help people in whatever way that they need. And it's not necessarily about the, someone telling you exactly what you need. You know, sometimes you don't even know, but I think that art can bring that out of you. Well, that's a, a great segue into uh, where people can pre-order uh, your, your forthcoming collection. Fantastic. So it will be available for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and Book Baby. Um, and then once it's available for pre-order, we'll add a little link um, in the description of this, of this recording. But I'm really, really excited for people to read my work. Um, and if my work does resonate with you in some way, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and tell me because I'd love to have a conversation and maybe that will inspire some more of my work. Well, where can people uh, in to that end, Aliana, reach out to you? Um, people can reach out to me on my Instagram um, at alianakm or on, via email um, at alianamichaels at gmail.com. And I imagine that is spelled exactly how it sounds. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, I have to say, I learned a lot today. I learned a lot about um, lost love. Uh, it's certainly some ground we covered and, and how that can um, be a positive thing. Uh, learn about the, the pressures 
of uh, the pandemic and and how that um, has helped you create some art. Um, I learned what a fuckboy was, and I honestly <laughs> did not know that before uh, chatting with you. I know. So happy to learned, teach you. <laughs> I also learned about uh, well, NFTs in the crypto space was something that you know you let slip earlier that I did not ask about, but uh, I imagine uh, that stands for non fungible tokens. Yes. In the crypto space. Well, there yes. you have it. Uh, Aliana, thank you so much for, for coming on to talk about uh, not only your forthcoming poetry collection, but about your life in general. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.